right, all you live listeners of Successfully Chaotic, today I have a super special guest. We're actually running a couple of minutes late because I, you all know I'm Wendy. I talk <laughs> a lot. Um, but he's also a fellow podcaster, super fun guy, loving the beard. I'm a beard person. Um, we, we've actually done a show with... Uh, with a sponsor that has beard products, the Moist Collective. So if you've never heard of them, um, may want to check them out. It's beard products for for men, and they're amazing. But that's uh, I'm going to go ahead and throw the show over to Eric and let him introduce himself and a little bit about who he is. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, First of all, thank you for having me on the show. It's truly an honor to be here. I love your show, by the way. People need to be listening to your show. Um, yeah, my name is Eric Allen. I'm the owner of ericallenmedia.com and you know, I own, uh, I host two podcasts, the top rated MMA show and the Eric Allen show and, uh, two different, completely separate audiences where one is a uh, kind of a focus on up and coming MMA fighters. And the other show is where I talk with world changers, success, success minded people and entrepreneurs like Ed Milet, Bradley, Tim Story, Jim, the rookie Morris, Dan Caldwell from tap out. And I've been blessed to speak to some truly amazing people. And uh, that show drops every single Friday, and and so that's the the where I'm at currently. But I really kind of you know if we wanted to go into that area, you know, I grew up in small house, uh, small town Washington State, and thought it was a typical household, right? You know, went to Sunday school, played little league. My parents got divorced when I was 11. I'd never heard that word before, and it got chaotic after that. My mom got together with a guy who was very physically abusive. I ended up having to fight him off, literally hit him in the head with a cast iron pan twice when I was 13 years old. And then that got me kicked out of the house. And that sent me down a path of destruction for the next 10 years of my life where I got into drugs and alcohol very early. And I was arrested at 18 for having a bong. And then by the time I'm 21, I was $28,000 in debt and had to file bankruptcy. And then worked in the uni- uh, for Universal Records for a year and lived a rock star lifestyle for about two years before getting laid off from the music business in during the Napster days, if people remember that. And that kind of set me down another path, right. Of just depression and things like that. And then, in, um, I was working at Starbucks at night and one girl walked in and said, Hey, you know, we got this cool college age event down in our church. Would you be interested in going? And for me, I was a loner, didn't have any friends. I was depressed. And I was like, yeah, let's go. And went there and I ended up knowing all these guys from this event. I'm like, Oh dude, I haven't seen you in like five, seven years. And I think God was planting a seed for me in that moment because about a month later is Easter 2004. We went out and partied it up and I woke up Easter morning surrounded by probably 15 guys in my buddy's basement. We were all, you know, drunk and, you know, I about 5 a.m. And I felt God in that moment go, hey, man, you're going down this path that's going to end your life real quick. So you need to make some changes unless you just want to like end it. You know, it was like a this weird, crazy, you know, conversation I was having. So I decided in that moment, I gave my life to Christ and I quit cold turkey, drugs, drinking cigarettes, everything in that moment. And I called that girl up who invited me to that church event and got her voicemail and said, hey, happy Easter. Maybe I'll see you at the store sometime. And a month later, we were dating. Now we've married for almost 17 years. That's amazing. And, you know, I've heard a lot of stories of kind of overcoming and a lot of those, you know, there's the same kind of feeling to them of just the redemption. However, you know, you believe in the redemption, um, you know, that's fine. But as far as like people that are listening, but a lot of them, you know, there's some people call it a higher power. Some people call it just divine calling. Some people call it say God, you know? Um, But I really, it's it's the same undertone of that. If they just, you know, felt this, this, this nudge, this pull that there had to be something else, something different than how they were living life right now. And I mean, I love that because I think there's a lot of people um, no matter what walk of life that you're in, that you get, you feel stuck, 
you know, and maybe it's not drugs, maybe it's not alcohol, maybe it's, you know, relationships or, you know, a loss of a job or a loss of a loved one or whatever the case may be, but you hit this, this moment where you feel like you just fall on your face and, you know, you are in that moment looking for something to grasp onto. And I have heard so many people talk about just that nudge in that pool of just, there's gotta be something else, something different. And I love that, that you've kind of made this your mission. Um, and I think it's funny. I forgot that you were, I don't know why I forgot because they didn't hear titled MMA. Um, I was involved in MMA back in the day, long time ago, but oh, nice. um, it's, it's that world. Um, I, I'm curious, was you already involved in MMA before you kind of, I guess, had your redemption story or was that something that came along after that? How did that kind of mix? Cause I know that world. <laughs> yeah. I've just always been a big fan. Never, yeah. never fought myself. Um, I, you know, I grew up watching ninja movies. My dad would rent movies that didn't have any English. It was just ninja movies as a kid. Oh, wow. And like, you know, we would watch WWF and you know, when it was called WWF, you know, in wrestling, we'd go to live events and my dad would like do Mike Tyson pay, you know, pay-per-views and stuff like that when I was a kid. And so always was a fan of combat sports. And it was in 2012, I was sitting around the house. I'm like, man, I really want to get involved in this MMA world. Um, yeah. So I talked to my wife and I said, Hey, let's start this clothing company. We started this clothing company called top rated MMA and it took off really fast. And then it went poof, real quick, yeah. right? <laughs> you know, and we made a lot of business mistakes. We didn't put a business plan together. We bought a bunch of inventory that didn't sell. And I ended up donating probably 30 or 40 shirts to hurricane Katrina victims at the time. And, you know, it just like, was what I was really passionate about. And then when it started to slow down, I actually got bored with it. I put an ad in Craigslist. I said, who wants to buy this company? Yeah. And uh, this guy messaged me and said, Hey dude, I'll offer you a few grand for it. And in that conversation I have with this guy, I decided I wasn't ready to quit. So I spent the next year kind of just figuring out what I wanted to do. And that's when I launched the top rated made podcast in 2017. And uh, so that's how I got into it, but, uh, you know, never, awesome. never been a fighter, but a huge fan, have so much respect for fighters who, you know, step in the cage. I love that the, the professionalism that happens with MMA fighters. And, you know, I just love talking with those up and coming MMA fighters. That's awesome. I love that. And I think a lot of people that's listening, um, entrepreneurs and business owners probably heard something in your story where you're like, it just, it took off and all of a sudden it was like nothing because yeah. I think a lot of people, and I was thinking back to even a couple of businesses that I had in the past early on, I was like, this is it. This is the moment. This is, this is right here. That's it. It was going so well and then crash burn. And like you said, I didn't, I hadn't laid the foundation. Yeah. I hadn't prepared for the inevitable fact that something served and then they just plummet and surge and plummet. And I mean, if you look at the stock market, that's how business is too. So, you right. know, it was, it takes a lot of that falling on your face um, for you to figure out kind of, oh, okay, this is kind of how business is. And you mentioned a business plan, make your business plan and plan for that ebb and flow. And I think that can actually be said just for life in general, but also for totally. business. And I know before we went live, we were talking about how it's so crazy. It's already December. It's December 1st. Guys, if <laughs> yeah. you're watching this live, today's December 1st. <laughs> if you're listening to this on the podcast later, I don't know what date it is, but it's December 1st today. So this year has just flown by and, you know, we were, I'm planning now, and I'm sure you are too, within my business, we're not even talking about 2021 anymore. We're talking about Q1 of 2022 and, yep. you know, making all the plans for next year and all those things. And I know um, you mentioned when we were still in the back room, just about that you're, you know, you're passionate about time management and, and about morning routines and all those things. And I thought that'd be a great topic since a lot of people, especially in the business space, are looking at that, you know, ready for January, we're going to crush 2022. You know? Totally. Yeah. <laughs> 
It's been a crazy year for me. I mean, 2021, I set a goal that I was going to be a guest on 100 podcasts. And so on top of releasing 100 of my own podcasts throughout the year. So I've actually, this is my 111th interview I've given this year. And I've released an episode of, of each of my shows weekly this entire year. So mentally, I'm like at the end of the rope where I'm going, oh man, I'm almost there, right? I got another month, you know? And so I'm actually going to take the whole month of January off from doing shows and podcasts and just kind of get my thoughts back together and kind of figure out, all right, 2022, here's where we're going to kill it. And I'm going to work more on my content creation for the month of January. And then we're going to get right back into it. Um, I'm still going to release shows. I just, I'm not going to record or anything. But yeah, it's so important. I mean, you know, as we do head into 2022, I'm, I'm thinking Q1, like how, what, what projects, what yeah. things can I be working on? Right. And, you know, for me, it's, it's a morning routine has to be consistent. And I wake up at 4am six days a week. And I think what helps me get consistent with that is if I open my eyes, that's a win. I actually have a goal to open my eyes the next morning. So if I open my eyes, that's a win. I'm already like, yes. Right. No. And then I jump out of bed and I make my bed. There's two wins in 15 seconds. So I'm already stacking the wins. I'm building my, my momentum throughout the day immediately when I wake up. And then for me personally, I come up to the office, I've got a vision wall I created. So I've got, you know, picture of my family. I've got picture of the property that I want. I've got quotes. I've got people that I want to meet and I speak out loud to this and I, you know, turn on worship music and I, you know, sit down in prayer. And for me, prayer is about just being grateful for the things that I've been blessed with, you know, thank you for health and thank you for my wife and my kids and, you know, where we're at and, you know, financially. And that's a non-negotiable. That routine happens seven days a week, 365 days a year when I'm traveling or not, even when I'm like on the road at a conference or something like that, I have photos of my vision wall. uh, So I can look at my phone and go, yep, this is exactly what I've got. And it's got my goals in front of me. And I think it's really important to say, I am statements or I'm in the process of accomplishing this versus like, I will be right. Like you're, I'm telling myself that I'm already in the process of doing that. And so for me, morning routine is, is huge. And I think I love the I am statements because I think sometimes, you know, we sit down to, and I like, I like that you said vision wall. Cause I, you got a whole lot of thoughts going on in my brain. My husband's going to hate me, but that's okay. And that's fine. Um, cause I do some vision boards, but I was just, you said vision wall and all of a sudden my decorating brain just went crazy. So <laughs> I'm going to blame you. I'll be like, well, Eric said that he has a vision wall. This is where I'm coming with this at. But yeah. anyway, yeah, I, what, I mean, I think a lot of times we'll, we think about these goals and we're making these plans and a lot of people do vision boards. I actually do them at the end of the year and mm-hmm. we do them as a group. We, we sit down and do these big vision boards and we dream and we, you know, plan for all these goals. But I like that you said I am because even in the act of deciding to do something, that is starting the process. So adding that in there, that's adds some accountability to it. It's not like, oh, I'm going to do this sometime and some place in the future. This is I've decided to do this and I am doing this starting today. And I love that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a uh, very important for me to 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 say that and to look at my vision wall. Like I actually took half the office wall of my office and, and that's what is my vision wall. So I, you know, put everything up there and people walk up there and like, man, what is on there? And, you know, like look at the stuff. And, you know, one of the funny things I have on there, people always crack up about is there's a cartoon and it says, if I can't pee off my front porch, my neighbors are too close. Well, yeah. it's because my goal is to have the property. Right. And so I look at that and I go someday. Right. It's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. No, I think I love, I love that. And I love, you know, making that decision for to plan your mornings out, I think is huge. And, you know, for some people, it may not be 4am, it may be 5am, 6am, 7, whatever. But I think yeah. the idea here is to look at your life, what works for you, your family, your, your goals, and make a plan to make it happen every day. And I, mine's similar. I get up at 430 in the morning and, um, 
my goal with that is to get it before my kids do, which doesn't always happen because I have a lot of early rising children, but they've, <laughs> they've also come to respect my time to say, okay, unless it's like a true emergency, you know, this is mom's time. Mom gets up, you know, I do the same thing, make my bed. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny. I, well, you say you do it every morning. There's a few times that it's happened. It's like, oh, I'll make my bed in a few minutes because I've got a kid, something's going on. And if it doesn't happen, like the day goes on, it's like noon, I go there and make bed. My day is, and it sounds silly, but my day is complete crap. It's complete mm-hmm. crap because I haven't kept, it's just one thing starts to unravel the entire day. And it seems like, well, that doesn't make a difference if you made your bed or you didn't make your bed at the same time every day. But it does. It just, it's, totally. it's that momentum. It's just checking those things, those small wins. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think the morning routine also, it starts the night before. So before I go to bed, I actually have a post-it that I write on there exactly what I have to do the next morning. I need to email yeah. this person. I need to pay this bill. I need to read 10 pages of my book, right? Uh, Craig Ballantyne what, wrote a book called The Perfect Day Formula. And he talks about this the night before. Do your to-do list. Because when you get up to your office, our tendency is to open up our phones and go to Facebook and Instagram. And we get lost in social media world. And so I just, I try to avoid getting on my phone for the first half hour of the morning. I can just like get in and get focused. And then after that, I can maybe respond to some emails and things like that. But really that morning routine, it starts the night before. So write that to-do list before you go to bed. I love that. I I think for me, one of the things that I do is I, you know, I make my, obviously like most people, yearly goals, quarterly goals, monthly, you know, weekly, whatever. And then I do the same thing the night before I look at my weekly goal, because we all know we have other things that happen in life, kids, spouses, employees, you know, things happen that kind of changes. And if you're not being proactive at looking at your list, you know, that night before, and they're waiting till you get to the office or to your home office or whatever your you know schedule is to do that, you have lost so much time, you know, that you're not, you don't even realize. So I love that, you know, you're kind of, you know, laying that out there for people and baby steps. It's, it's, I mean, it doesn't have to be hard, right? We think oh, totally. time management and morning routines, and it's just this, this hard thing, but it doesn't have to. Yeah, I think ease into it is best, right? <laughs> like if you're used to waking up at 9 a.m., don't jump to 4 a.m., right? Like ease into 15-minute yeah. increments. And Yeah, Stacy Price, if you're listening right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she works with me. She read, I don't even know what it was, but it said something about you got to get up at, I don't remember if it was 4 or 5. She's not a, completely a morning person. Like she's not like a noon person, but she's sure. not like a four or five a.m. person. Yeah. So she was consistently not meeting, and she she'll be okay with me telling this. But she was consistently not getting up at that time. And, <clears throat> and finally, I'm like, listen, I was like, why are you picking five a.m.? Five a.m. is just what they picked. I mean, you can put you know fill in eight a.m. or nine a.m. Whatever works for your life. The idea is that you're getting you know, making that routine. Yeah. And I think a lot of people kind of get stuck in that. They see somebody else's you know, vision board or vision wall, like you said, or they have see somebody else's routines. You know, there's a saying that says, um, eat the meat and spit out the bones. I don't know if you've ever seen that. I was okay. raised redneck, so we okay. say redneck things like that. But um, <laughs> eat the meat and spit out the bones. It's something that's said in my part of the country. But um, it's pretty much what that means is, you know, you take the pieces that work for you and you kind of, you know, utilize those pieces and the stuff that doesn't work, you push it off. So if you're looking at somebody else's example of their routine or their business plan or their vision board, you know, it doesn't mean you have to replicate it 100%. You take the idea and you fit it into your own life. And I think that's a mistake a lot of people make and business owners make is, you know, that they try to completely replicate what's going on when it doesn't really fit. It's like taking a square peg and shoving it into a round hole, right? It's not going to (laughs) fit. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So can you share with everybody? I know you, you, 
obviously, uh, first of all, that is a very ambitious, like a hundred podcasts. I don't even know. Like that, I don't know that I can make that commitment. That's a lot, a lot of podcasts. Um, can, can you share this? What was the inspiration and I guess the why behind that? I'm really big on whys. I'm like, I'm always like, probably, and if it's not my business, you'd be like, it's not your business, Maria, and that's fine. But I do ask why a lot. I'm like a seven-year-old. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's good though. It's so good. I mean, for me, I wanted to start getting on other podcasts. One, because I love talking with people. I love networking with people. And, and I saw that as an opportunity for me to just network and get to know other people that are podcasters. And in 2020, I set a goal that I was going to be on 50 podcasts and I only did 26. And I was like, yeah. seriously, that's all you got, you know? And so when I got into 2021 or at the end of 2020, I said, you know what? We're going to do a hundred this year. And so I just set this, I, I honestly had no idea. I, I used it as a stretch goal uh, because I also realized that I'd be taking vacations and putting out two of my own shows each week. And how do I do that and record my own shows and things. And uh, I do all the editing myself. So I get up at 4am to do that that type of stuff. And so it was really a stretch goal for me. And I, like I said, this is my 111th for the year. I think I'm scheduled through 117. And, um, but it's, it was really the reason that I wanted to do that was one connect with a lot of people, but also if you're a podcaster and you want to promote your show, what better way to do it than get on other podcasts and talk about your show. Absolutely. Well, and I love that you said networking. Networking is honestly, I have built every business that I've had. I have built from networking and people are always like, well, how did you build your business so quickly? I'm like, I talk a lot. I mean, I do. I talk a totally. lot. I mean, sometimes really, Maria, calm down. Talk it's a lot. Good. But it's like a network. People remember that they, you know, we, we know, we hear that saying all the time that people do business with who we know, like, and trust. Right. Yep. And the best way to create that is by talking to people and getting to know people and networking and, you know, kind of the beauty of the podcasting world is it expands your horizons. I've spoken with people from all over the globe. And yeah. you know, that's something that's kind of, if you think about a couple of decades ago, that was, that would have been unheard of, you know, to be totally. able to think about doing that. And I think that's one of my favorite parts of the podcasting world is just, you know, that, that sense of belonging, that it, it creates this instant community that if you have zero other things in common with them, you said that you have podcasting, it's instant community. <laughs> oh, Totally. Yeah, absolutely. And it's been fun for me. I So since I started, I actually created a, a map on Google Maps of, and I pinpointed where every single one of my guests have been at. And so I've, re, I've released over 350 episodes by now. So, you know, it's fun to see that map continue to grow with all the pinpoints from across the world. And, you know, it's just kind of a fun little self thing that I do. So what was your inspiration for starting a podcast? Because I jokingly have dubbed myself the accidental podcaster and people that listen to me know my story behind that. And it's 100% true. I knew nothing about podcasting, but um, yeah. you know, what was kind of, what, what was your drive to start your podcast? So kind of at the tail end of top rated May, I was kind of like, you know, what do I, what do I do with this? You know? And so I, I decided I wanted to talk with fighters and say, how do I, uh, you know, with MMA fighters, why do you want to get in a cage and get punched in the face? That was my main question that I wanted to ask fighters was, you know, why do you want to do this? And so that's where it started. But then in 2018, I came across a guy named Ed Milet online and I was like, who's this guy? He's like speaking directly to me. This guy is amazing. And so I started taking notes on all of the shows I went through and I, you know, watched every episode that he ever put out on YouTube. I was listening to every show. I got his book. I read his book several times and I was like, man, this guy's awesome. And then in 20, uh, the end of 2018, I decided I wanted to start my own entrepreneurial podcast. It used to be called the bearded biz. My wife being the smart one said, Hey, it sounds like it's kind of more of a beard show. So we should probably yeah. change it. So I changed the name to Eric Allen. 
And in 2019, Ed Milet did the max out challenge, not the daily challenge, but a max out challenge where he basically said, Hey, submit a one minute story to me via Instagram and tell me what you're passionate about. What, what drives you to be successful? And so I did that. And then out of his million followers, I got picked and I won a phone call with Ed and that call changed my life forever. Um, basically from there, I was able to record that show. Prior to that, I had Sean Whalen on my show and then I had some other names, but Ed Milet was like my 12th episode that I released. And then wow. from there, just kind of built up from Ed Milet to, you know, Bradley and Bedros Cohen, all those guys. And the same question that I ask fighters, why do you want to get an occasion get punched in the face? I asked that same question for entrepreneurs. Why do we want to get in a cage and punch in the face? Hopefully not physically, but as entrepreneurs and successful people, we go through we failures, we go bankrupts, we oh, yeah. try stuff all the time, but we keep going. What is it that gives us that drive? Why do we keep going? So that's a question I love to ask. And so that's where, that's how my both my podcast started was, you know, I just wanted to understand why people wanted to get punched in the face and same with entrepreneurs. Love it. Love it. That, that, that's your seven year old inside asking why, why, why? So I think we have a lot of comments. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love it. Yeah. I mean, and, and then you're so right. Like entrepreneurship, like people that come that are new entrepreneurs, I end up, you know, I teach a few classes. I told you that. And so I get a whole lot of aspiring entrepreneurs that come to mm. my class. I'm probably, there's one that I teach that's called um, how to start a business with networking capital. And I, for that one, I get a whole lot of aspiring, like people that, you know, think they have that entrepreneurial spirit and they're coming to the class to find out how to make it happen because maybe they don't have well any capital, obviously, to start it. Yeah. And um, it's funny, you know, they're they're wanting to hear the, the this this easy journey, like, oh, I made it to this, and you know, then this happened. It was so glorious. I was like, it was like, but they're wanting this like whoa story, right? <laughs> totally. And I you know I'm that person that I just tell like right it's like oh it's hard you're gonna fall on your face a lot you're yep. going to um cry well for me i would sit and cry to my husband and be like i'm done i quit i don't want to do this anymore this is right. terrible <laughs> totally. and then the next morning i get up and do it because it is you mentioned drive it is it's this it's this pool it's this drive and you know there's nothing wrong if you don't have it some people you know want to be an entrepreneur and some people don't and it's not like a good or bad thing it's just either there or it's not and i right. you know once you've kind of been through that i'm sure you can see it in people and feel it in people and it's 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 hard to really pinpoint completely why um other than you hear that same story of you know I, at the beginning you don't know why you just have this pool you feel this almost like divine intervention that you, you have this purpose that you're supposed to unfold yep. and you know it's it's crazy now not all of my businesses have been purpose-driven there's some of my businesses and i always tell people that that's a warning line if you start a business for the sole purpose of just the dollars you might as well quit right now totally. <laughs> well for sure not even started <laughs> for sure like, yeah. It's so funny because I've had people, I had, that's one of the questions I ask. I'm like, you know, why, why would you, why do you want to start that business? And they're like, well, I just want to make a lot of money. I'm like, it's not for you. <laughs> it's not because right. that is a long-term, that's a long-term goal. Maybe, right. That's a long-term might happen. And um, they don't realize like for the first couple of years that you're paying the business money just to be able to keep the business going. So you could go over here and work nine hours a week to keep the business going. And, you know, they don't realize that's part of the process. It's yeah, it's absolutely insane. I mean, I still work a full-time job and on top of doing all this stuff. So, you know, it, for me, it, I never even thought about monetizing my show or anything like that. I did podcasting because I love podcasting. I love talking with people. Yeah. You know, I didn't, you know, I started my podcast in 2017. I didn't start monetizing my show at all until 2021. And then at that point it was like, okay, now I can do that, but I don't want my show to be overly like business sponsored and stuff like that. I do have some local sponsors, but, um, 
that's one way, just one way that you can monetize your podcast. But, you know, I never thought about it. I did podcasting because I loved it. And I think if anyone's trying to get into podcasting, they should do it because I love it. Don't expect to be the next Joe Rogan and also expect that you're going to suck for quite a bit before you start getting good. Yeah. And I don't even know, like it's, I get scolded all the time because I do not listen to my podcast back. I've heard my accent. I've heard myself talk. I don't like listening to myself talk. I mean, yeah, I realize it's a part of who I am, but I don't need to hear it. And sure. I, you know, props to you for editing your own podcast. I don't. I have I pay somebody to do it. It's well worth the dollars to me to not have yeah. to listen to myself talk and sit there and cringe because I know myself. It would never go out. I'd be like, I'm not doing this out. This is not happening. Totally, <laughs> but totally. if it's out of sight, out of mind, it's done. Whatever's happened, happened. I could be happy with it. So. Yep. Yep. But it, well, and I think that goes back to also, again, figuring out like what works for you, because yeah. I don't know that there's there's a right or wrong. And I know if you get in a lot of the podcasting groups, some people tell you that you're very, very wrong. But, you know, it's I think you mentioned, you know, the desire to just want to do it. And I think that's that's the core, you know, the purpose, the why to mm-hmm. feel like you're just doing it because you love it and not for any major especially financial goal on it because especially with podcasting um you know there are different ways to monetize i decided not to not to do ads we've done some kind of behind the scenes sponsors where i'll kind of mention them or something like that but i'm the same way like i didn't want they're already again having to listen to my voice they don't need to listen to ads in between all that too so right um i think for me that's what worked for me and i i use my show more for marketing and for networking Mm -hmm. and so my way of monetizing is actually kind of after the fact people will come to me after the fact for consulting for coaching to help them start their you know so that there's different ways of monetizing um your podcast and that's that's kind of one of the ways ads is one you know sponsorship is one um another is just by using it for your own marketing purposes to kind of network and i think you know there's no right or wrong as far as that goes um as far as you know kind of backtracking back to talking about you know just like routines and stuff like that i'm sure with you know working full time because I didn't even know that you you worked full time as well. That's adding a whole nother layer of <laughs> awesome sauce to that. But yeah. with working full time and having a family and a spouse, I mean, I'm a wife. I know how needy I am. So I don't you know, I'm not going to get you in trouble in here. So we'll just stop that there. But um, like, how do you manage your time balancing between that and to make such a huge goal of being on 100 podcasts and doing all the editing yourself? Like, how does that work? And I know you kind of started out by telling us about your morning routine, but what are some other, I guess, tricks and tips that you picked up along the way? I think for me, it's time blocking. So I know that when I get up at four o'clock, I'm going to get to my office by about 4.30 to 4.45. And I, and I got from 4.30 to 6.30 to get stuff done. So I know that whatever I'm heading into the day with, that's my time block that I have to attack it with. And at 6.30, I go down, I make breakfast for my kids, I make their lunch, I get everything going, I put the dishes away. And then at 7-ish, 7.15, well, actually probably 7.30, 7.45-ish, I come up here and I do a little bit more work. And then at 8 o'clock, I start my full-time gig on this other computer over here. And I do that till 5 o'clock. And at 5 o'clock, that's when I shut everything down. I literally say, nope, not doing no more social media. Now, I don't, I'm not perfect with this, but I definitely try to acknowledge it. But I try to shut down the phone at five at five o'clock because I know that if I get up early, I'm not eating into that family time. So at five o'clock, I'm shutting it all down because from five to eight thirty, five to nine o'clock, that's family time. I'm not going to deal with any of the work or social media or any of that stuff. I'm really going to try to focus on that. So my time block really being that early morning 
and then my full-time gig and then the evening is all for family i love that i mean i mine's a little different mine is it depends on the day because i'm yeah. juggling a whole lot of different things but I, I love that you you make specific time blocks for specific things and also i mean you've got your boundaries set in stone and like you said you know there are emergencies that come along i'm sure that could change sure. you know what goes on in the evening times or whatever but the key is to have those boundaries and i think one of my biggest mistakes which i had a lot of them but one of my biz biggest mistakes early on in my own business ownership journey is I thought I had to be available like 24 seven, like 24 right. seven. My clients call it. I was there. I don't care if it's 1am. I'm somehow answering them. I, but here's the thing is you're setting that precedence and I can guarantee you, even if you're okay with it short term at the very beginning, you are not going to be okay with it long term. So it's better off to figure out what your boundaries are and stick them in stone. And I, you know, I thought I had, I thought I had to be that. You know, I thought, well, if I'm going to be successful at this, I have to be available. You know, I just have to be. I have cool. to be. I have to be. And that is exhausting. And it was, you know, affecting, you know, my own sanity. It was affecting my family, you know, and I, it was kind of one of those things where I was constantly feeling guilty, which, I mean, as parents, we tend to feel guilty all the time. If we're doing this, we feel like we should be doing that, you know, vice versa. But it was even worse because I had no boundaries. So right. I think that is a huge tip for people that are listening. You know, look at your life and actually be realistic on you know what time you want to put into it because you know if you have other responsibilities or you know a spouse or children you know it's not realistic to plan every waking hour you know working on your business and and for me i would make my to do list i don't know if you ever made this mistake but i'm an overachiever <laughs> especially in my mind so i would make my to-do list it is hilarious to kind of look back because I, I have some of them still not i don't even know that a team of 10 people could get done what i had on my to-do list for one day <laughs> and i have seven kids and i have several businesses and i have wow. all these things and i, I like would make this to-do list that i gave myself and then when i didn't get it done which couldn't happen i would mentally beat myself up all day long so it was just like this ongoing roller coaster of disaster and you know time blocking i think is a huge thing for you know, being able to get yourself out of that. Like, do you use a scheduling app? Like, how, is it, or you just kind of like write it down? What is your kind of tips for that? Yeah, I mean, my to-do list is on a post-it note. I just bought okay. a bunch of post-its yeah. and I and I use the post-it note. Um, for my scheduling in regards to like shows that I'm on and my podcast schedule and kind of I, I use Asana. I love Asana. I like uh, Asana, yeah. And so I use that for, hey, here's my upcoming shows. Here's the shows that need to be edited. And then I just kind of move them down uh, as they are completed and things like that. So those are my two things. I'm big on calendars. So, you know, Google Calendar is big for me. If it's not on my calendar, then I will probably miss it. You know, I probably will just get busy and, and forget about it. Um, you know, and I think I short-term memory loss, like if I'm, if it's not written down or if it's not in front of me, I'm totally not going to remember about it. You know, it's, it's, um, but yeah, so I'm big on just easy stuff, right? Just a post-it note, a sauna free calendar free. Like I, I love the free stuff, right? Free is always, free is always good. I love post-it notes too. I have like a thing for post-it notes and i i have a big in my office this is i'm in my studio right now but in my office i have a big whiteboard and i kind of do my own version of like kanban you know kanban is um kanban like it's well it's kind of like project no. management board so okay. um you know uh i kind of do my own version of that and so i have different color post-it notes being different color things oh, yeah. and 
So um, I use post-it notes a lot for that kind of stuff. And nice. I love post-it notes, but I think it goes back to what we were saying earlier, figure out what works for you. For some yeah. people, you know, they're going to want to be 100% digital. Um, I'm kind of a hybrid. I like digital. I want access to digital, but I still love my paper. I love totally. like having the paper. <laughs> yeah. yep. I want a piece of paper. I want to stick it on my wall. I want to be able to you know, see it in front of my face. Um, so, I mean, I think those are some really great tips. Um, do you, when you're doing your time blocking, do you ever utilize batching? And by batching, I mean kind of doing the same, like if you're doing emails, you're doing all emails or, I mean, there's no right or wrong. I'm just curious. Yeah, no, I mean, I think for me, the first thing that I do when I get up and kind of get done with the prayer is, is first thing for me is I'm responding to emails that came mm -hmm. in through the night. And for me, I don't to have a ton. It's more like, hey, respond to these two, three emails. But then my next on my list is really that like, okay, reach out to potential guests or start working on the show. And those are my two big things in the morning. Um, sometimes it's like if I get a job from one of my fiber, you know, customers or something like that, Hey, I need to go record this video for them. Right. So I might do that in the, in the morning. That's kind of an occasional, but those non-negotiables really is that order is like emails and then reach out to potential guests and then start editing in shows and get it done for the week. That's awesome. So you mentioned fiber. Is that something you advertise out that you do? Um, it's, not really. It's kind of funny. I just, oh, I just have it on people. there. Yeah. It's, um, I'm just on there to do like, um, yeah. I do product videos for brands. So a lot of brands like beard companies or, um, yeah. right now there's a gun holster company that sent me a couple of holsters that they want me to do videos for them. Right. And, um, so yeah, so I work with brands and I do 30 second, one minute, two minute videos, a how to videos, unboxing, stuff like that. And it's always fun. And I started doing voiceover this year. And so that's been fun to do as well. That's awesome. It's, it's funny. Um, Fiverr wasn't in existence when I first kind of went out on my own, but it's actually called Upwork now, but at the time it was called Odesk and it okay. was a freelancer community. Yeah. And I can remember first starting out when I left my job um, at the very beginning, like when you first leave your job for people that listen, they're like, oh yeah, I know this. When you first leave your job, you, you, there's a moment of like freedom. You're like, I'm free. And so you realize, well, I have no direct deposits coming in anymore. <laughs> totally. <laughs> I have totally. no, it turns into like panic, right? right? So then it's like, you start out like, well, I started out anyway, super arrogant about it. Well, I'm going to make all this money. It's going to be so good because I, I, I can do stuff. I can do stuff. And it turned, went from that to turn it into, Oh yeah, draw a logo. Well, I've never done it before, but I'll make you a sweet deal for the first time ever. <laughs> yeah. And I was pretty much trying anything, but you know, it sounds terrible. Like, you know, like trying all these things for like pretty much no money, but I gained so much knowledge during that time because I, somebody would take a chance on me that I'm like, I mean, I would be up front honest. I've never done this before, but I am a go-getter. I will figure out how. And I would watch videos. I took little certification courses to try to figure out how to do it. I gained so much knowledge you know, during that time that at the time I was in panic mode, but looking back, that was such a blessing. And I think that's kind of the thing with those times in life, like in the moment, no, no matter what the messiness is that like we were talking about when we first went on the show, yeah. um, no matter what that is, you look back a lot of times, you can see the blessings in it. You can see the why in it. And I think that is such a huge thing, you know, for people to think about. Yeah, absolutely. And and I'm big on trying things. So, you know, I have a bunch of five or gigs. Some of them are real basic, like, Hey, you want to advertise your book on my website? Cool. I'll charge you this much money. Right. Yeah. Um, I also do laser engraving. So I sell oh. laser engraved, like home decor stuff. Right. So I just throw that on there. I'm also on Upwork. So I do a lot of that stuff. And yeah. any time of like, anytime that I can get an extra stream of income, I'm all about it. Right. So just uh, throw it out there. And then I love to just, you know, do all that stuff and it, it helps bring in some extra cash money. And I just put it right back into the, my, my business of podcasting and marketing and stuff like that. 
Absolutely. Well, and I think a lot of people are starting to realize just the benefit of having those side hustles, as they're called. And I know I mentioned um, early on that I teach a class called Mastering Your Side Hustle, and you will not believe how many people, like it's always been a class that was kind of like, ah, you know, there was people that came. COVID has like exploded that class, like totally. exploded that class. <laughs> and I think it's because it is, it's just so, so, I don't know, it seems odd to me. Um, I didn't grow up with a lot of money. So like when you don't grow up with a lot of money, you're resourceful. You are so mm -hmm. resourceful and you can figure out how to make a buck, right? You can figure out how to make a buck. You can figure out how to do all kinds of stuff, make a buck, you know, when you don't have any other way to do anything, right? Yep. So to me, that's always just been common knowledge. But it's funny, like the way you you just spoke, it seems like you're very much that same mentality of, oh, I can make a book doing this, I can make a book doing this, you know? And I think that is so huge for people to think about because, you know, we when we go to a financial advisor to kind of take, a, take care of a portfolio, they di they diversify our portfolio. Right. Mm -hmm. So they're diversifying, you know, our money. But nobody thinks about diversifying their income um, or they didn't. And now that's starting totally. to be kind of on the forefront. Oh, well, I need these multiple streams of income. And to me, that was like an insurance policy. It was like I was terrified to have just one stream of income because, you know, the what ifs kept me up at night. You know, I mean, I grew, like I said, I grew up with nothing. So, I mean, is that something that it's just something that you just always have naturally done or is it something that's come from, I know you mentioned that you were from, you know, broken home and a whole lot of, do you think that that was something that kind of came from that, just the insurance policy type of mentality or what do you think that is from? Yeah. I mean, for me, it started really early. I was always a, a fan of making money. As a kid, I would go and sell baseball cards and trade baseball cards and I would go and buy Nolan Ryan stuff. He's my favorite player and I still own all of my Nolan Ryan cards. But you know, when I was 10 years old, I started mowing lawns. I did that for two summers and I had 15 clients on both, you know, both summers. And so I was making a couple hundred bucks, you know, a month and, and just being 10 years old. And I, literally it's, it's a, they people think it's a joke, but I literally had to push a lawnmower about a mile one way uphill uh, to get yeah. to my furthest clients. You know, and it's like, yeah, right. I don't know how old your kids are, but <laughs> yeah, I love it. They're like, really? Come on. Like, yeah. I he lived at the top of the hill. I the only way I could get there was to push up the lawnmower. And uh, so that's how I did that. But yeah, I started pretty early. I always was trying to do side hustles. And, you know, I did some network marketing stuff in my early 20s and things like that. But now I think for me, it's it's about having that kind of life, that insurance, right? I know yeah. that I work for somebody and I work for a great company and it's a startup and anything can happen. I'm also understanding that I'm just an employee. I'm just a number uh, to my employer. So I could be replaced tomorrow if I wanted to, or if they wanted to replace me tomorrow, they could. Uh, so I need to have that backup for income or anything like that. So if something was to happen where the boss man's like, dude, we're done, we're shutting everyody down or we don't like yeah. you anymore, so you're just gone. I would feel comfortable going, okay, I've got these incomes already kind of in place. Now I just need to kick it up a notch and then we can start increasing that a little bit. Absolutely. That's, that's always been my thing. It's like or before COVID I had all these little things going on. People are like, you're crazy. Why do you do so many things? I'm like, you, you know, it, to me, that was, that was like my safety net that like yeah. you said, if something happened, all right, these are already simmering over here. So just turn up the heat. You know, you don't start from scratch at that point. You've already got something there right. that I always kept, well, my wellness company, for example, you know, I've always kept, even when I'm not really working it, one or two, you know, clients, I've always kept them there just to kind of keep it going a little bit. Yeah. But there's been times in the past where I've had to completely pivot. And that was my primary thing. And, you know, I think for people that are out there right now that are thinking about this entrepreneurship journey, 
you know, sometimes, you know, there's there's a time and place to kind of focus and hyper focus and get things done. But I think we hear that so much that we forget that it's okay to have these side hustles. I think, you know, they don't realize that when we're saying, when people are saying, you know, hyper focus and focus, it's it's that moment, that day, that week, whatever it is, that doesn't mean you can't have your thing simmering over on the side. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So can you tell everybody, I know we've been chatting for a long time at this point, yeah. but can you tell everybody, um, first of all, where to find your shows? And you mentioned your website, just kind of where to find all the things, Eric? Yeah, ericallenmedia.com. It's E-R-I-K-A-L-L-E-N and then media.com. Uh, that's my website. You can find all my podcasts on there, on my blog. Um, you can hire me for speaking or laser engraving or content creation, whatever you need. I'm on there. I'm big on Instagram. So love to be able to connect with people on Instagram. So feel free to shoot me a message or I respond to every comment and every DM that comes my way. I just love connecting with people. And uh, so that that's probably the main places that you can see my stuff. I'm um, also the YouTube channel. It's just Eric Allen media on there and uh, continue to bring on awesome guests and continue to do, you know, try to be funny on some videos and, you know, try to bring on some product videos that can hopefully help other people when they're trying to get through, maybe do I buy this product or not? And so that's what we try to do. That's awesome. So do you have any like mega goals for 2022? I know your goal was like a hundred podcasts for 2021. Do you have any goals that you've already set in stone? I do have a goal of walking away from my full-time job by June of 2022. That seems like a, that seems like a good goal. Yeah, that's, that's the plan. So, you know, I'm working with some good uh, folks, uh, some good buddies of mine that have some really huge things in play that are going to be happening early 2022. And so um, I'm feeling like it's a, I'm feeling pretty good about it for sure. Awesome. Well, I'm rooting for you. And if there's anything that I can do to help out, feel free to reach out. I can give you a long list of things not to do when you walk away from your full-time job. So you can at least hop, skip and jump over those. Yeah. I've already, yeah. Done those, already made those mistakes. For sure. <laughs> You'd be like, don't do that. That's a terrible idea. Trust me. Right. So, um, but yeah, it's been a blast having you on here and I really appreciate it. And if you're listening on the podcast, you will find the links to all the things Eric's in the show notes. And for people that are watching live, we'll be back. Actually, we'll be back tomorrow because we typically go live. This was a surprise live show on Wednesday. So we'll be live again tomorrow at 2 p.m. Eastern time for another episode. And I, again, it's been a blast having you on. And thanks so much. Oh, such an honor. Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it.